and trains and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wadesworth. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, episode number 28. And boy, do we have a full one in store for you guys this afternoon or evening or whenever you access it. want to remind you guys, I don't know how you came aboard, but you can come aboard via SoundCloud, TuneIn, and iTunes, all those ways are ways that you can listen to the podcast. Please subscribe, leave some comments, make sure you like us and share us so this thing can continue to get bigger and better. In addition to that, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And of course, you can find me with the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. Well, this edition, we will have former Houston Oiler, former Jacksonville Jaguar, Tennessee Titan, a linebacker, Eddie Robinson, who's a friend of the show, who's a frequent co-host, although it hadn't been as frequent these days because of his busy lifestyle. In addition to that, we'll have, uh, we'll talk some soccer, some World Cup soccer, and well, some Premier League and some other soccer goings on. We talked about this, I joked about it, but we're actually bringing in Anana Asari as our soccer expert, our football uh, expert so uh, we'll talk some soccer and w- from chicago we'll talk some uh some chicago bears some mitchell trubisky and maybe some cubs and, and bulls as well with terrence tomlin from the bigs.us so we'll have all those things coming up plus we have a new segment we call this or that and we'll do shame 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 or charge it to the game so and and maybe even a little bit of ball in the fall let's see how quickly we can get through some of these things Without further ado, let's get into headlines. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cut 2016. Well, he, they cut a kick, Roberto Agoya. And uh, basically, that's not a big deal that you cut a kicker. They get cut all the time, except that he was a 2016 second round draft pick. The last kicker to go in the first or second rounds was Mike Nugent in 2005. So they had to cut bait and run because he struggled all last season. And he struggled in the first preseason game for the Buccaneers. And so he gone. In addition to that, Ezekiel Elliott has appealed his six-game suspension from the NFL for conduct violations. In addition to that, Andrew Luck may not be ready to play until the season open, maybe even past that, according to owner Jim Ursay. Luck is coming off of uh, season, uh, well, off-season shoulder surgery, so he may or may not be ready. He, along with Cam Newton, has not thrown and will not likely play in the preseason. So those are a few of the headlines, and we kind of rushed through those because I want to get in uh, Eddie Robinson. So we've talked a lot about a lot of things. First of all, glad to have you back. Always, always good to be here. Yeah, I enjoy it when you're available, but you have a like a wonderful life. I don't know what it is. All the well, way, you know, they say that, that you do the right things in your 20s and 30s, then you can enjoy your 40s uh, and 50s. Uh, okay, well, so I, I did the right things early. And <laughs> you, and if you were what, a six four linebacker who can run a probably well, that, a four that, that six helps too, right? Yeah, yeah, all all of that. All so right. so, so why are you doing that? <laughs> Let's qualify this good living that you provided yourself. 
But I know, um, and I know you're busy with with baseball, with the kids. You devote a lot of time to the children, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, baseball's kind of um, it's kind of been my first sport, actually. So I probably watch more baseball than football now. And now I have a 12 year old team. I've been coaching the kids since they've been four or five. So it's just just been a, a delight getting those kids all the way to junior high, and pretty soon they'll be in high school. So. Uh, you know, it's, it's just fun being around them and just fun going to ball games. And, and that's probably I spend more time at Astros games. I don't think I've even been to a Texans. I've been to one Texans game when they played the Saints. Yeah. That's I'm a Saints fan. So, well, you know, and I don't want <laughs> we can get into baseball one of these days, too, because you know a lot about baseball, which is a surprising thing when you think, OK, you dedicate your life to being a professional athlete on the NFL level. Right. You know, what does this guy know about baseball? Because, you know, we like to put people in boxes. So but I mean, you know, we'll. We'll get into uh, some baseball stuff. We we have been more frequently these days, but the Astros here in Houston have sort of been on the skids. But I want to get your take first and foremost on let's get into Colin Kaepernick because I don't okay. think that all of this stuff, you know, when I think the last time we visited, yeah. I still was under the assumption that he was going to get a shot. It's no big deal. He's not being blackballed. His time will come. Stop panicking. Not to be, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Give me your thoughts. Well, yeah, I heard you and Biscuit going about that thing, man. Y'all, y'all were going at it pretty hard. It was, it was like the the, the true sibling rival going yeah. on. I was about to drive down here. I was real, <laughs> cl- <laughs> real close. Yeah, well, Kevin and I got to it last episode, real right? Bad. But I mean, my my take is this. You know, I I heard uh, I'm gonna have to steal some lines from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And they kind of took his take on it. And he was his thoughts were, of course, you support the protest. The thing that he was protesting is obviously something that needed to, you know, come out and people had to bring attention to it. But probably in hindsight, the way he went about it, it kind of polarized even the people that supported him. So you kind of put some people who were, hey, I'm 100 percent behind what you're protesting. But the way you're going about it, I'm not in percent. I'm not in pursuit of that. So then what happens is it's more about him not standing up as opposed to the issue, which nobody is talking about. So now it's the whole thing about Kaepernick and is he going to play again? Uh, is he going to stand up again? And the whole, you know, injustice of police officers and the and the different type of injustices that they've done towards individuals is kind of taking the back seat. So it's kind of unfortunate that the things didn't go the way he, he planned. But you have to applaud a young man to stand up and put his career and his you know, his livelihood and the thing he's been doing ever since a kid to put that on the line. And I think his just due will probably come much years later, you know, kind of like uh, Muhammad Ali, you know, when he avoided the draft, I mean, they were booing him, they were hissing him, and he wasn't a public figure, he was a Muslim. So nobody liked Muhammad Ali. It wasn't well, until— there was a segment of them. You know, he was, was the people's a, champ for some, a lot of people people's always. champ, but mainstream America— they ballyhooed Muhammad Ali and they put him on the back burner. He was not a popular guy. Nobody liked him. It was George Foreman who was America's champ at the time. Well, no, it was Joe mm-hmm. Frazier. Well, yeah, Joe but Frazier. George Foreman was waving the flag when he won at the Olympics. Well, and, and he too. made some, well, that was in '68. Right. So Correct. That was a little bit after that. But so, but but the but the Ali thing, it didn't come back. You know, he kind of had to. You know, but he took his stance and he stayed by. It. You know, he did the. You know, I'm not going to Vietnam and everything, but it was very controversial at the time. So, and, so I, and, and I appreciate how how you have treaded lightly, but no, we, we're not going to do it. You have to pick a side. Would you sit? Should they sit? Should people uh, boycott? <laughs> I need to hear from you, an NFL player. Well, you know these owners. You sat across the table, negotiated with them. I'm not letting you off the hook like that. Give me something. Well, when you when you're dealing with 32 billionaires. 
32 of them. They all billionaires. Like you got to be a billionaire to get in that club. Right. Let's just <laughs> let's just be honest. <laughs> That's an exclusive club. There's only 32 of them. So I mean they can basically do whatever they want to do. So you can boycott, protest, miss the whole season, whatever whatever you want to do. Not watch games. The money's in the bank. It's going to happen. You're not going to make a stance and you're not going to make them do something that they don't want to do. Period. Point blank. Thing. So you don't so, think a so boy? On, let me let me okay. tell you. So right. so my thing is, I was on talking with some of my fraternity brothers. They're like, man, Eddie, what you would have done? I like well when the million man march came and everybody was saying it was during the football season. Man, you need to skip practice and come to the million man march. I said, man, I'll be over there at practice <laughs> on at night. Bryce and Sharp at eight a.m. Didn't even think about it. Wasn't even a consideration. So that's what I'm saying. I I can totally applaud a guy for taking the stance that's going against the mainstream. I wish more players would have done it, but they didn't. And you know, some did. But I, I think it's one of those situations right now where more than likely he won't play another snap in the NFL. You never know. It could be that one owner who goes contrarian and say, "Hey, we need the guy." I mean, the the biggest thing is everybody wants to win. So Do if, you the, think- if the right team on the playoff run get so desperate where they need a guy to win, then at that point they may bring him back. But just arbitrarily, I don't think they will. Do you think that it's do you think it's an intentional blackballing or each owner individually saying, I'm not dealing with that? I think it's I think it's just a matter of why why do we have to? I mean why, well, because why? he's better than thirty two other backups at but least. The, the and- ticket the tickets have been sold the ESPN money has already been cut. It's like they're already making the money. and they're so, so it's not, do they have to win this year? No. You can say, look at Miami. You can say, okay, yeah, well, we, we could have possibly made the playoff if we'd have signed them. But all right, and if we don't, we, we're going to be okay. Just being honest. I mean, it, it's, it's not a, I mean, for fans, we're all passionate about we want to win every week. The owners, it's a business. They're billionaires. You don't become a billionaire by not stepping on somebody's back along the way unless you inherited the money. That's just my personal belief. Well, but here's the deal. That's fine. But those billionaires can are are expanding their billions and millions because people like us who actually watch and purchase products and support the program and support the, the product. So what if, if, what if that audience is cut by 15%? All right. So what if all 12% of African-Americans who live in the United States boycott football? Yeah. That would make a it big, won't make a difference. It will make it will a huge make a, difference. Maybe if you, maybe you talk about the Falcons, maybe the saints on a, on a majority black season ticket, hold the base anymore. The Falcons, who else could I think of? But again, well, I mean, you got again, a lot of African Americans at the game. Maybe the the uh, Washington Redskins. I mean, it's only a couple teams where you have a lot of African Americans at the game. Okay, but what about viewership? Where you, you know you the have the check to, has what, already been cut. What, but no, you you, you have you, the you, check. But you have the, <laughs> the ticket has already you pay paid back for some it. of that if those numbers nah. are not where they need to be. Trust me, their numbers are going to be where they need. So to be. So basically, we just need the lump. You need to you need to just. I mean, I think you should support Colin Kaepernick in whichever way you feel is an appropriate way to support him. I mean, now, the only people who can make a difference are the players. Now, Marshawn Lynch and all those guys want to say, hey, man, Colin Kaepernick needs to be signed and we're all going to sit down and we're all going to do this. Or even if it's not a matter of sitting down during the national anthem, which I think he should have chose a better way to protest or create dialogue. And he didn't say until I'm going to keep doing this until that. It's like you just can't do something and don't say, okay, here's my end game. This is right. what I want. Well, that's what you I ha- said. You have but, to ask for what you want, you know. But, but okay, and, and let's just – and I was like you initially, like, okay, well, you know that you're going to – 
my whole thing was, you know, once you do anything and you don't, if, if it's a perceived slight of the flag, half the audience, more than half the audience is not going to even listen to what you're even talking about. Right. That being said, what other protests could he have done to get this kind of attention for his cause? Correct. Because he, while we're not still talking about the cause, there are a number of people who've mobilized for the cause. All right. And so, and he's done all that mobilization outside of football. So he could have done all of the things that he's done outside but of how, football. How without, would he have gotten attention? He wouldn't have, he, he could have, he, he shook it up. People, because you know, they're activists all over the he NFL. He could have said all players who are in support of Black Lives Matter wear pink shoes today or wear black shoes today or wear green shoe. He could have picked the color. You could have did something and everybody would have got fined ten to fifteen thousand dollars. But they all would have known league wide is that we're supporting this. Now it's easy for me to say that after the fact. So I mean I I'm not knocking Colin Kaepernick at all. I'm applauding the guy. I'm his biggest fan. I can totally appreciate you going out on the limb individually than taking the moral high road when the rest of America has kind of turned their head. So you gotta do nothing but give this guy a big thumbs up. You know, but it's unfortunate that it, it ended up in a situation where he's probably not going to be able to play football anymore. But I think he had to have considered that before he went into it. You know, so, I mean, he's made money. I mean, I think he's a, a financially savvy guy. I'm hoping. I think what he's doing on the active, active front is just amazing and things he's doing in his community. So, I mean, you have to applaud that. I think. I think history will kind of circumvent itself, and Colin yeah, Kaepernick but, but will get you, applauded you, at that point. But you really, I mean, That's how it works, man. You, you paint a very bleak picture for those of us who want to affect change. Well, you, it's not it's not a bleak picture. You can affect change, but you have to come up with a solution well, to affect the change. Uh, but the, but the, the the change they want to see is Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. You're basically saying this, no matter what you do. I don't. I don't. Well, I think he's a quarterback. If somebody was going to sign a quarterback, I mean, just from a standpoint of learning the playbook, getting in there, timing with the receiver. Now, if he was a defensive end, you can get a defensive end around Thanksgiving and tell him, go get me 10 sacks the last five. Just get the man with the brown ball. But you're a quarterback. You got to interact with the team. You got to get the confidence of the team, the timing. It's hard for you to all, all of a sudden say, oh, we're going to sign Colin Cotton at week one and play. How do people, in good conscience, black people, in good conscience, say, you know what? This guy stood up for us, and you guys blackballed him. How do we continue to to, to support that? You know this product. How do how do I, in good conscience, and I'm speaking for a lot of my listeners, right? How do I, in good conscience, watch this product when you don't care about me? You don't care about black people. You don't care about black lives. How do you reconcile that? Well, uh, I, I mean, and again, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate, right? Well, I think from I, I think you can't really go that far because I don't from what I can remember recall, and I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to it to be honest with you. I don't think any owner has come out and said, "Hey, I don't care about Black Lives Matter." Well, no, uh, they're not. Nobody correct. would. And, and but so, but it, again, by by if you are if you are turning your back on a champion of this cause because he took a social stance. But nobody said it was because of that. So uh, no, well, of course it, it, they're right, not. So I mean, I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate right back. But, I'm, so, but of but, course, but, but we. The, know, but the point is, is like if 32 teams don't uh, sign a 29 year old quarterback who went to what three NFC championships right. yeah, in I mean, the he's, Super Bowl. He's good enough to play in the NFL, even if you say, hey, minimum this ain't Tim Tebow. We minimum talking about. salary. He's good enough to play, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, when you look at the trash in these preseason games, right. Come on. And you say that the the what he's accused of is not like he was doing anything negative in the community. He didn't beat women. He wasn't selling drugs. So it's it's a whole lot of other guys who've gotten, you know, three, four, five chances and they've done 
90%, you know, things way worse than Colin Kaepernick. So is it unfortunate that he doesn't get a chance to play? I still hope he does. Maybe not this year, maybe next year. You never know. All you need is the one owner to say, hey, get the guy. Yeah, you know? and I try to look at the landscape of the NFL. Seattle would have been a fit. What What about the L.A. teams? I mean, you, you have Chargers. Yeah, those and are two the teams. Ram- but, but well, I mean, have, not the but Rams, but the Rams and the the Rams and the Chargers. And they all have established quarterbacks, so you would be looking at him in the backup role. So then, from a from an owner and a media relations standpoint, is like, okay, do I get a backup who I have to have getting interviewed all the time? Hey, by the way, Colin, are you still gonna? But you know, are you, like are you gonna I take do. a knee, or are you gonna stand up now? So he then, already said he, he's gonna stand for the for the, the national anthem. Right. But you know, you like, and you lived through so much and played on. One of the most tumultuous teams in in the NFL at that time, right? And, and with the Oilers and all the stuff they went through, and you know, and I know that uh, one week, two weeks after he signed, oh, he, he goes over. through two Wednesdays of questioning, over. Right. and it's over. It's over. It's, it's all. It's always a new story. It's always well because the games become the story again, and Correct. I think the NFL, I think the NFL is in some long term trouble. Because of CTE, because of the issues like this, because of the next issue I'm about to bring up. Because, again, this is one that I've gone berserk over. Right. And people don't understand where I'm coming from. And I want to transition and pivot uh, to Ezekiel Elliott. This this drives me crazy. Okay, so here we are. You have conflicting accounts of what happened or what didn't happen right. with Ezekiel Elliott. And, and I'm not a Cowboys fan, and I'm not I'm not advocating. You sound like Stephen A. Smith. You got to do I'm, I'm the I'm the not a Cowboys fan disclaimer before you, but, you start yeah, talking. You, but you have to put a lot of disclaimers because now, I mean, I've gotten I, I crazy got hate got mail right. behind stuff that I didn't even mm-hmm. say. So, you know, you put these qualifiers out there. And, of course, and I've said this all along, if Ezekiel Elliott did commit domestic violence, if beat her or batted her or whatever uh, the initial accusations were, then they should get him. Correct. Here's my problem. And I think I know where you're going with this as well. The NFL should not have more power than the law. So when you tell me that the DA did not prosecute the young man, looked at it, examined it, by the letter of the law, because that's their job. Then you come back in the NFL, so well, no, we're gonna have our people look at it. Like you know, we're gonna have Colombo look at it. Right. We we're not gonna let the the the, the absent-minded. You know, we're not gonna let Happy from Happy and Smitty from Sanford and Son investigate. We're gonna hey, get hey, Colombo. Hey, no, Happy and Smitty were pretty good, man. Yeah, well, we're gonna yeah. lay off of them. Remember when he shot the the old Civil War rifle and he thought he killed Ghostin? <laughs> I mean, I'm just Sanford and Son fan. Well, we we <laughs> talked about, about that last episode. <laughs> well, you you missed the last episode. Right. We were the whole thing on. On that, yeah, on Ezekiel well, Elliott. I do Sanford and Son trivia, man. I, I win that all day long. Well, you need to listen to the end of the, the last right. episode. So, But I'm saying, <laughs> so here's my problem. And, and, okay, so change it from the NFL to Federal Express or change it to French's Chicken. Say, okay, French's Chicken, I get caught up in a situation at a, at a bar and there's altercation. They say I assaulted somebody. The law comes out of it. They investigate. They talk to witnesses. And they w- refuse to press charges. Then my employer, French's Chicken, decides, well, no, we're going to send our people out to check it out. I have a huge, huge problem with the NFL overstepping. And I, I just get furious because people people will excuse almost anything for money. But right is right and wrong is wrong. And these things well, trickle down. They trickle down. You cannot let employers overstep their bounds. Well, I, w- I would say this. First of all, 
I knew it. Most, most, I, <laughs> I knew it. Put my shirt and tie on, buckled up at the top button. So first of all, it's, it's a privilege and an honor to play in the NFL. Man, you let me tell you something. No, let me tell you something. No, it's football, man. No, you, you ain't no congressman. It's you ain't a, a clergyman. It's a you football, hitting people. It's a football game on Sunday, all right? But other than that, you better be able to control yourself. So I think it's a privilege and an honor to play in the NFL. Okay. And you can't take it lightly. They're paying you millions of dollars to do things on the field, and they're expecting the code of conduct off the okay. field. If you can't that. abide by that code of conduct off the field, I don't care if you've been getting away with it in third grade, fifth grade, junior high, high school, college. At this point, we got millions of other guys who want to do your job, and if they can't do it just as good as you, they're close enough, and we don't have to worry about Here's them the being problem. late or beating up on a woman. Go sit down. Your whole premise is wrong because you have this tone that he did something. I don't have What if tone? he did? You said he violated. You okay, said, that's the first thing. Let me okay. get to the second right, thing. Get, Let me get to right. the second point. Okay. So the part that the problem that I have with the NFL is this. Is getting to a situation when you when you start having your own judge and jury outside of the legal system, right? Then it becomes to a he said, she said. And if you look at what the people are saying, and of course we don't know, but according to what they say, she sent text messages saying that, hey, I'm gonna set you up, I'm gonna get you in trouble, you better not do this, you better not do that. So as a former player and just as a a, a man in general, you know, I'm a single guy. So if you're dating somebody, you have to say, okay. I'm putting my career at risk because of what she could say that I did without any proof. Right. Now, domestic violence is a very serious situation, and anybody who puts their hand on a woman on a woman should have to sit down. You should lose your job. Whatever the negative repercussions should happen because that's something, if you have a daughter, a mom, right. whatever, you don't want that to happen to them. Right. Nobody knows whether he hit her or not. But if he did, he should be suspended. But from the standpoint of it's inconclusive and hasn't been proven, it's a, in my opinion, I don't think he should be suspended because nobody has proven it. In the court of law, which if they had an opportunity to prosecute Ezekiel Elliott, well, they I don't to. think right. that they would have said, oh, we're going to give him a pass, you know, because of whatever. I don't think that would have happened because, you know, prosecutors make a career out of getting an NFL player who's the number one pick and the leading rusher, and all of a sudden he prosecute him and he slam him with whatever and get a conviction. Most prosecutors are not going to pass that opportunity up. Right, right. So from that standpoint, you know, if the if it doesn't go through the legal system, then I kind of feel like, well, you know, it's kind of hard for the NFL to jump over and do it. But the first thing you said was, hey, the NFL, they're taking a step back because, you know, they have an image to protect. So the NFL is like, hey, we have an image to protect. But how, don't, how do you have an image to protect for – for Ezekiel Elliott, but you don't have an a, a image to protect when it comes to, to blackballing a star quarterback. Well, Ben Roethlisberger. So, I mean, yeah, we could go on and on. Right. <laughs> exactly. oh, you're right. When he got in trouble, it was the same thing. But I think what the NFL is saying now is, hey, maybe we were soft. I mean, it's, it's but obvious. See, but you can't have it both ways, the, Eddie. The stance on domestic violence has been heightened since Ray Rice. Let's be honest. I understand. If the, if and this the, wouldn't have happened If the camera would have been Rice. in the elevator, right. Right. then we probably wouldn't be where we are now. But because of that, and as an NFL player, you have to know, I'm getting paid millions of dollars to conduct myself on and off the field. Now, if I need to hang out with a certain type of woman, I need to have a person standing in the room with a video camera, whatever freaky stuff you got to do to protect yourself, protect yourself, whatever that means. You know, and so don't put yourself in those situations. But if you do and you get caught up, then you know the consequences. And so you have to. Yeah, live but by. again, you blaming what could be the victim in Ezekiel Elliott. He, he absolutely could the, be the don't victim. Don't wear the short skirt, Ezekiel. Correct. But my point I is. I mean, this, but, that's but, what you're telling me. Hey, but my point is this. 
Don't put yourself in those situations. But again, what situation? Fall in love? Be a young man uh, sowing his royal oats? Well, everybody <laughs> have a right to do that. But I, what I tell people, and, I le- and everybody has to learn this the hard way, and it's a good lesson for him too. When a woman show you crazy, believe it. Don't yeah. sit up here and say, <laughs> right. oh, she really not crazy. Nah, she crazy. She showed him some signs of craziness. She either said, I'm going to get you. I'm. She texted him something. I'm sure the craziness was way back when, and he chose to ignore the craziness. <laughs> Everybody's done it. I mean, you had some woman that, had, that. I've had a lot of she crazy. Ain't, she ain't that crazy. Nah, she's that crazy. Man, well, well I, and we could go on and on with this, because I, I, and I really would like to, but I want to go to a segment that we have. Well, I got several segments. And, right. you know, I have one. This is shame, shame, shame. Shame, 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 shame on you. Or charge it to the game. But it's all so I'm going to give you three scenarios in sports. You tell me, is it, is it shame on them or you just charge it to the game? Okay. Okay. First one. Allen Iverson, a no-show at a big three game in Dallas, apologizes to to Ice Cube, but he didn't show up. So is that shame, shame, shame on Allen Iverson or charge it to the game? Man, I think you got to charge it to the game on Ice Cube. But it's you know what you was dealing with. The man already <laughs> said he don't like to practice. He come when he want to come. He yeah. ain't been broke five times already. I mean, you got to know at some point he going to miss a game. So I, you just, just put it up there, Ice Cube, charge it to the game. Man. You I, know I what agree. I'm, I'm going to charge that one to the game. All right. For the media. The media ignoring or over, or just overlooking the fact that Marshawn Lynch has sat for the national anthem for the last 11 years. Shame, 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 or charge it to the game? I think you charge it to the game. But it's all in the game. Because Marshawn Lynch is a grown man, and the media is pretty much – out of out of all of the players probably in the history of the NFL, they're scared of Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> I think when they when you notice when they when they do the interview, they stick the mic as far they get the boom mic. They don't even get within an arm reach of Marshawn Lynch. So I like the way he just intimidates the media, like, hey boss man, I'm just here because I'm gonna get fine. So I mean you gotta respect yeah. what this guy does. Well, I'm gonna say shame, shame, shame on the media for that. You before you even reported this as a headline. You should have known and gone back and done your research to say, hey, okay, this is not anything new. And so uh, nobody caught that before it became a national headline. And now quickly they're sweeping this under the rug. And and although he has shown his support or expressed his support for Colin Kaepernick. Right. He, you know, he's been doing this for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, for shame, 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 or charge it to the game, Tiger Woods having five drugs in his system including uh, THC, uh, Ambien, Xanax, Vicodin, and one other I can't pronounce. Yeah, that's that's just shame, shame, shame. Shame, 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 shame. I mean, everybody's been a Tiger fan, and I think, you know, you got to look at your legacy. I mean, the things that you've done to get African Americans involved in golf, and just people of, of, of color in general, whether it's Asians, whatever, I mean, they all looking at golf because of you. And whether you never win another tournament, another Masters or whatever, you still have a obligation to live your life in within a certain manner of you know being a role model and the leader and you're not doing that and if, if you need it's if, if it's because you didn't get professional help go get some professional help you've made your apology and don't let it happen again that's that's well, my I, thoughts I'll, on I'll say unfortunately I'll say charge it to the game but it's and, and that's because opioids and, and prescription medication are number one killer these days and it's a it's a national epidemic and I've seen a lot of people get sucked into 
you know, good law abiding citizens. Five, man. Well, I mean, I, I mean, he had five. Of I them. know, I five. know. Now, if, if he had one mixed with a beer and it just had a bad reaction, right? When you have five, that means that you have a man. That's of, a slippery slope, you though. You start to get abuse. On. Well, I mean, you you an addict. Well, I mean, you have five. Who's take who? I mean, who doing five at one time? Well, I mean, <laughs> again, I, without five, without having a professional <laughs> background in drug counseling, I, yeah, it seems you a bit much. Drug counseling to know not to take five opioids and go drinking uh, and drive. Well, he didn't drink. have no alcohol. He just drove. You don't need alcohol with five <laughs> opioids. Come on, man. So, well, I'm five. just saying. So, in, in my solidarity, you should with, go lay down <laughs> after you take five opioids. Well, that's the problem. We had this discussion about Zach Randolph. <laughs> Why was he in the street playing music? Because he was high. <laughs> when you high, you make you bad decisions. <laughs> he was high. That's why he got in the car. If he was sober, he wouldn't have done that. But five opioids, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I, so we we differ on that one. So that's uh, shame, shame, shame. Uh, no, new segment that I have not done before. And this one is called This or That. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. Or you can get with this or you can get with that. I'll give you a choice of two things. You tell me which one would you take, uh, Deshaun Watson or Mitch Trubisky? I'm gonna go with Deshaun Watson, and I will go with. Oh yeah, I'm going with Deshaun Watson as well. Going to a Big Three game, or no, not even going. <laughs> watching a Big Three game or preseason football? Probably a Big Three game. I I just have no patience for preseason football. Half those guys won't be there in two weeks. Okay, and finally. My Mike Trout or Giancarlo Stanton? Oh, you got to go with Mike Trout. He's the best player, and, and he can do more than one thing. Now, Stanton, great player, but Mike Trout just is a better hitter. He's all around. Finally, uh, Betty Wright or Amorosa? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I won't, I won't do that one. That's, you know, Amorosa is not everybody's favorite these days. And one more segment before we let you get out of here. We call this one Ballin' or Fallin'. These are three things, three entities, situations, players, whatever. You tell me if they're ballin' or fallin'. Rookie quarterbacks in the NFL after week one of the preseason. Ballin' or fallin'? Uh, fallin'. Man, the rookie quarterback, you coming into the NFL, it is so much going on for that first game. You still looking at your mom in the stands. Next thing you know, you're getting blitzed up the middle. Helmet coming this way is... It, they, they just don't do well after that first preseason game. After the first preseason. First preseason game, we had a couple guys. Deshaun Watson did well. Um, Mahomes and Kansas City did well. well. What Trubisky happens, they did do well. The, they do well in the fourth quarter against the backups, the guys who are not going to be there. Then the next week, they move them up to first string, and then they get their little heads knocked off. I mean, you you abuse rookie quarterbacks. There's not too many of them that have success. And also, now, now for uh, I'll say rookie quarterbacks right now are balling. We'll give them week one. I don't think this is an indication of future success yet. At all. Uh, although we'll be talking to somebody in Chicago about Trubisky and how excited they are about him after week one. The other one, uh, Cowboys playoff chances. Are they balling or are they falling? Oh, they're balling. Big time. I mean, the whole thing with Ezekiel Elliott, they have four other good backs who can all back him up with all rush for 1,000 yards. If anything, he's going to get six weeks to stay in shape, hopefully stay out of trouble. He's going to come back fresh. And in December and January, he's going to be the fastest guy in the NFL. See, then this was a tough he'll one. He'll put up 1,000 yards in the 12 games that he comes back. This is well, a tough one. Well, well, you know what? His, he'll put up 1,000 yards in those last 10 games. You, well, you, 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 you heard it here first. Okay. I, I don't think it's a – 
I don't think it hurts him at all to miss those first six games. And it doesn't hurt the Cowboys' chances? No, nah, as long as they go 3-3 three and three or 4-2, and two, they're fine. Season and, doesn't get interested until November, December. And you have a guy that was your former teammate who was his coach down there who actually didn't. He rushed for 1,000 yards in yeah, eight games. Exactly. And, and Gary Brown, that's his running back coach yeah, down there in came Dallas. Back to, yeah, when uh, Low White got hurt and right. did it. And by the way, Gary Brown, he's getting – uh, a lot of kudos for his job as running back coach in the NFL. They say he's he's getting it done, and obviously he is. Oh yeah. And finally, the uh, the Houston Astros balling or falling their playoff postseason success? Is it balling or falling? Ah, that's a tough one. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say balling. But man, that's that's like right on the edge. That's that's right in the middle. I because I don't think the Astros made enough moves to get the pitching that they need to go down the stretch. And it's all about who's hot at the right time. The Astros were the best team in the first half, but who cares who's the best team? You play 162 games. You got to really peak towards the end of the season and you got Boston who's looking really good. You know, Yankees are still there. I mean, it's it's going to be tough for them to go all the way. And if they do make it to the World Series, I mean, the Dodgers are just looking phenomenal. So right, it's, right. it's going to be a tough role for them to get all the way. If they just get to the ALCS, I think it would be a, a great year because they, they would have went one step past what they've done yeah, over the past what? years. Yeah, but you know what? Unlike the NFL and the NBA, success this year doesn't mean you're going to take the next At step all. in baseball because we all. saw the Cubs struggling to get themselves Su- back. Success the first half doesn't mean you're going right. to be good the second half. I'll is, say that know. the Astros are falling because, again, they always falling. say good pitching beats good hitting. And although they have an astronomical offensive juggernaut that, there. That's go cold. <laughs> well, and, and you know now you're dealing with you know guys who are injured. Correa, uh, yeah, yep. a number of them have been. Not Springer that came back, but again, so now you're dealing with. Uh, so I'll say that they're falling because I you don't have any confidence that although Keiko should bounce back a little bit and he has a little bit. Uh, I think that you know that's not going to be good enough for them. You worry about the Indians, maybe Boston, maybe even the Yankees, but we'll we'll have to see on that. And just to recap on the the Cowboys, looked at their playoff chances. Oh, well, I looked at their schedule. I could go either way on balling or falling with for them, but I will say that they are they're still balling. Even though I think that Dak Prescott will be falling after after this all said and done, I think that some things about his game may be exposed. Really, when you're not averaging. Three and a half, four or five yards to carry on first okay, down. But you got to realize, did anybody on the offensive line get hurt? No. All right, they'll be okay then. No, okay. they have a they have but, enough. But, but they have you enough cannot act backs. like you can't act like yeah, decent backs. Right. But so now those. So instead of getting four yards, you're getting three yards. It's still it's still three I yards, think, three yards, third and four. Well, we'll see if they stay on schedule. That's something we'll look at first year. Uh, but all they have to do is finish up three and three. I mean, if they if they right. get through the first half three and three, nobody in the NFC East is going to run that, away with the division. But so. the thing is, that's cool to say until you experience it. How many coaches you know have gotten fired when you? Say, you know what? This is a rebuilding year. We're not having, we don't have high expectations. And then you go through the season and like, oh no! You, but it's, it's not rebuilding. The Cowboys are still no. I'm not. I'm saying. I'm saying the feel of three and three will set. Will, will panic will set in nah, in the, the Metroplex. The, the, the I'm feel of three and three when I have a potential MVP <laughs> running back coming back fresh and upset and mad. And ready to run is like let's go get them. So I mean, I don't, I don't think. I that just think they go whole, so it's crazy. A totally different. I think they go so crazy up in Dallas that they. Now I mean, unless they, if, even if they, at the worst case scenario, start off two and four. 
Now, if they start off one and five, zero oh and six, then it's panic. At two and four, you still thinking, hey, you know what? We could win the next two games, get back to five hundred. They're pretty Elliott's easy back, et cetera, et cetera. as I recall. Right. Looking at their first six but games, I'm, so. I'm thinking that they'll probably win four out of the six, three and three at the three worst. And th- I'm they're, looking they're at they're a good team. They're not. Right. They're not. It's, it's different. I, if I don't a think they're as good, good defensively as is, is, is people think they are. I don't think, and I think that again, Dak will have a much tougher time if. You don't have you you know you you're behind schedule and now right. you got third and longs and we'll have to see and, and I agree with the other parts of your you're just not a cowboy well fan. no That's, I cannot stand yeah. the cowboy so we know you know, we know you secretly rooting against them anyway hey man well I want to thank you for joining us and getting in here uh, we want to see you in a couple of weeks we hope and uh, again uh, we always enjoy having you I know you got to go uh, and with that gonna take a time out come back on the other side talk some World Cup some Premier League some soccer with Nana Asare. You're listening to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Uh, so cold with it, the potency of the beat is consistent with the fact that most did it. Prolific, not shaking or stirred in the presence of those against herbs. They only after your bread, the fucking birds. You think they like your haircut, fair enough. Live your life, partner. Guess I could keep them two cents in my pocket. Add that to these underground rap dollars. Refuse the majors and stay real. I kept my promise. Roll bamboos in the Bahamas, mama. It's either that or them strawberry colliders. Xbox web browser. Download an updated NBA roster. Play 82 game season. Condo full of snacks. Feeling not leaving. Off brand motherfucker. Odd number. You are not even on my level. Write that sickness. My Ink pen sneezing, dancing thick pen, can't catch me sleeping. You ear hustling and up and I'm eating. Creeping with my side, they hope I don't get caught cheating. New Orleans this morning, New York in this Welcome evening. back to Sports Talk with Irish Devin Wade Podcast, episode 28. Want to shift gears here. Uh, thank Eddie Robinson for stopping by. I want to shift gears and talk a little bit of soccer right now. We had a guy on, what, a couple months ago, and we talked about the Black Stars of Ghana, and we talked about some soccer. And I told him, and I I meant it. I said, well, you know what? We're gonna You're going to be our soccer expert. So Nana Asari is in the building for Podcast 28 to talk a little bit of soccer. And the reason why is because Premier League and some of the bigger leagues around the world have started their season. So as quickly as you can, it's hard to encapsulate all the information, but as much as you can, tell me about what went on this offseason. Because I, I do know about the big, big transaction with Neymar, and you can throw that in too, but sort of review this offseason for us as it pertains to the world of soccer. So um, this has been the summer of soccer. What I mean by that is it's been such an amazing atmosphere here in the United States in terms of soccer buildup of um, not only the domestic league, but also more more importantly, the European league as well. Um, One of the interesting things about this summer of soccer here in Houston, we had Manchester City and uh, Man United, two of uh, England Premier League's biggest clubs play right here in a crowd of, I was at the game, it was about 67,000 people there. Great atmosphere, unbelievable. What did you find of the uh, of the crowd? Were these knowledgeable soccer folks? Were these English expatriates? Or these were these people who came over just for the game? Were there a lot of native Texans and Houstonians from what you could tell? All of the above. So um, the awesome thing, and I'm a big up uh, Houston for a second here, we are indeed an international city. You don't know this until you go to a, a game like a soccer game and you see 67,000 fans 
all of which are from different backgrounds, different communities, different racial, gender, and also uh, economic backgrounds, uh, including professions. So, yes, this has been a very, very um, revealing um, story for Houstonians to, to tell. I predict that when the World Cup is coming in 2028 in the United States, Houston is going to be one of the cities that is going to be able to host a host city for the uh, upcoming World Cup games. And, and I just saw today there were a list of a couple of stadiums that were being considered, already being considered yeah. as sites for the joint U.S.-Canadian World Cup. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. That's so correct. I, I saw that. So Houston is in the mix. It's going to be in the mix based so on the numbers. I know that normally there's a large Hispanic population that comes out for soccer games here in Houston. How did they come out for the Man U Man City? They game? do, uh, they do. But um, again, uh, obviously, Latin America, Hispanic, uh, Latino crowd is very, is going to be very the bulk of that. But you also notice a lot of folks from Asia, Africa, Central America that can't come out to these games, and it was so interesting because both teams actually have players from these countries and these continents that we're mentioning, and so you get to see some of that atmosphere. It's a lot of country pride, a lot of. Um, you know, uh, when you can recognize a guy from your home country that's playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world, it's a lot of pride that goes into that. And then you can see them live on your home turf. It's just an amazing atmosphere. The other aspect of it is that the English Premier League teams actually enjoyed being in the United States. They got to spend uh, some time in L.A. They got uh, in terms of the Man United and then Manchester City, I believe, uh, was uh, folk, excuse me, Manchester City was out in L.A., and I think uh, Manchester United was here in Houston throughout the entire week. And so they ranted and raved about our facilities. And can you imagine one of the world's biggest teams coming to the United States, you know, and staying a whole week and saying, man, you guys have some of the best facilities in the whole world. And we're not even known as a soccer country. Right. So right. that's that was very encouraging. And it tells you a lot about where the U.S. is in terms of infrastructure development, in terms of sports. And so the other aspect of it is that the Houston Stadium, the NRG Stadium, sits about 80,000 plus you can fit that number very easily you know, in terms of uh, soccer spectators. So it's a sport that uh, transitions very well in, ter- in terms of uh, f- uh, even American football spectators because of the offseason not being in play and being able to bring some of the big namers, the Paul Pogba's, the Romelu Lukaku's, the um, Wayne Rooney's of the world. You can bring them into a place like Houston and people will come out and watch because – hey, it is the big thing, and it's been indeed a summer of soccer with some of the other seven or eight other teams that were involved, biggest clubs in the world, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Paris, uh, PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, where Neymar just uh, went to, um, Roma in Italy, Juventus is in Italy. So you see a lot of this um, buildup, and I think soccer is definitely on the incline, not on the decline. I would not be surprised within the next five to ten years that you're starting to see not only a huge shift in terms of the um, marketability of soccer, but also just sheer volume of how many people are watching it. I yeah. see that happening, and, and I think that I it can be a kind of a dinosaur when it can, because I, I, although I think that I, you know, again, I, we've talked about this before. I would watch World Cup, and I can see myself, and, and I have over the last couple of years at least glanced, looked in a little bit more, kept up, got familiar with terms and and player names. I'm more for me than I ever have been. I, I don't. I think it's kind of the ship is sailed for me as far as, as far as soccer being one of my top three or four sports. And for me, it's football, boxing, basketball, baseball. And those and, you know. And then I think what maybe soccer's in there with hockey now, which again <laughs> it was never on the, on the map. And obviously, we want I want our league to be better. And I know that's a that's a really really 
sort of just an American answer. But I want us to be the best before I watch it. And I understand that the, the chicken has to come before the egg. We have to watch and support soccer before yeah. we get those premier players. But, I mean, it's like it is a chicken or the egg first because you like, well, I only want to watch the best. And if, if, if America isn't the best, why watch it? So it's a great point that you're bringing up. Uh, I've been following the MLS now for over 20 years. And I can tell you that in the last 10 years, it's made huge jumps. You talk about some of the world's biggest players. Yes, albeit they're coming at their end of, the latter end of their Boy, careers. they're coming in the cash. They're still, they're still pl- coming. So these are some of the names that have come in. World powerhouses that are, are legends in their Henri, home clubs. Uh, Thierry Henry. Beckham. Uh, Beckham. Kaka, who's currently playing in Orlando City. You've got the um, oh Stephen Gerrard, who played for Liverpool. He was not a great you know success at uh, LA Galaxy. You've got uh, Ashley Cole, who's at... Uh, at currently at LA Galaxy, you've had Robbie Keane, who's also uh, an international player who played for uh, Tottenham for several years, and also uh, Ireland as is his uh, home country. But uh, you get the sense that players now in Europe don't mind coming to the MLS. Didier Drogba, one of my all-time favorite strikers uh, from Ivory Coast and also Chelsea fame, played in uh, in Montreal. Uh, so you're getting to see a lot of players, and not only that. I think uh, the other aspect of it is that now that Jurgen Klinsmann sort of out of the way, you know, casting doubt in the shadows or casting doubt in the mind of the American um, audience saying that, hey, I want all my players to play overseas as opposed to MLS. Well, now you have a lot more players that are starting to gravitate towards MLS in terms of European and also domestic players. So I think the MLS is on a high. Uh, will it ever be uh, the EPL or the Bundesliga or Serie A or Ligue 1? I doubt. I doubt it because those are well established. Some of them over a hundred years, and we've got the they've got the 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 following in the crowd that we may never get to because well, of football, uh, basketball, well, yeah, and well, baseball. The thing about it is, once we put our mind to it, I mean, it's well, it's, it's, it's a done deal. And, and, and I will say this: with the decline, the potential decline of football for all of the social issues, yes, uh, there may be more of an opening. However. We know racial issues are a big, big deal in the world of soccer in Europe as it stands. And then you got the hooligans and then a lot of racist stuff that's been going on. So they come with their own baggage that a lot of Americans are probably not aware of. Absolutely right. I would say this in terms of when you talk about I teach health and kinesiology, so I have to talk about the dynamic aspect of of the sport. In terms of um, athletes, the United States, if you look at the guys that are playing basketball, football, these are the guys that would be world renowned in soccer. But because, once again, they don't grow up, just as you mentioned, you you didn't grow up watching or following soccer or even playing soccer, perhaps. I played I played until like nine, and then it was time to go ahead and see. transition. So at, <laughs> for a lot of people, it's, it's a foundational sport. It's not something that they go through, play throughout high school and even to college and then so forth. So you, the point here is that the, the, the guys, right, the soul brothers and soul sisters who can really make a huge difference, they're playing basketball and football. And so you're absolutely right. With some of these social issues, the CTEs, concussions, and all these things that are coming up, yeah, there may be a, a better uh, way to market that towards those players. That would totally shift it. The other aspect of it is that when you are a, a, a 9, 10-year-old and you look up on TV on ESPN, you're watching with your folks, and uh, you see uh, Neymar it was just sold from Barcelona, which is already the second biggest club in the world, to another big club in France for $250 million. Uh, dollars. That's just the transfer fee, not his negotiation. Yeah, explain that. That's what that was the headline. <laughs> That's a whole different and story. And so the transfer fee mm-hmm. that means that he can negotiate to sign with a team. You, one team played another team two hundred fifty million. This is not his salary. This is just to talk to him to to buy his contract if he if he's willing to come. Right. Yeah. So if I can explain it a little bit uh, clearly, 
the uh, soccer world uses transfer fees. So a transfer means that you're moving from one club to another club. The home club that you are, let's say Club A, has your transfer rights. They have your dollar amount that they want, so to speak. Now, sometimes that's uh, already built into the contract that you had with Team A. So if you're a high-dollar player, they say, hey, before you can even think about leaving this place, this is the money that we're going to ask from. And that kind of puts everybody else on notice in the soccer world saying, hey, if you want to do business with us or you want this player, this is what you're going to have to cough up. Now, it's a buy and sell. You want to buy low and sell high. So what they do, in the case of uh, Neymar, he was bought from a club in Brazil at the time, and they waited two and a half years to really uh, release him because that team, his home team in Brazil, also wanted to make sure they capped him, you know, they got uh, bang for buck. They sold him at the right time. So they Mm -hmm. waited, 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 and sold him, and they made their money. Well, now Barcelona, same thing. They said, hey— we already have uh, um, Messi here, one of the biggest names in the sport. We already have um, uh, another striker, that, I've forgotten his name already, but um, uh, 2009 plays for Uruguay, uh, 2009 or uh, 2010 World Cup. He messed it up for Ghana, and I'm not sure why I'm forgetting his name, but it'll come to Luis Suarez. That's the guy. That's the number two striker. And then you have Neymar, who is up and coming, youngest of all those three. They put a 250 million or and 222 uh, million pounds price tag in his contract saying before PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, which is also owned by Qataris, which is a whole nother discussion. Right. Right. Foreign foreign or Arab influence, Arab dollars, oil money says, hey, if we uh, if you if we want to sell to anyone, this is the starting. And so, hey, guess what? They wrote the check. There was a l- little bit of gamesmanship going off, uh, you know, back and forth, whether he's going to leave or whether he's going to stay. This was a great opportunity for him. But just like what's going on with Kyrie, just to make some of the interplay here, he was tired of playing behind the shadows of Messi and Luis Suarez, sort of like Kyrie wants to go and build his own brand, his own team with, let's say, the San Antonio Spurs or whatever the case may be. So Neymar decided to depart. His transfer fee was the world it broke all kind of world records. Just to give you some context in terms of the financial ramifications, the top 15 highest paid players in the NBA, Neymar's $250 million, which is a quarter of a billion dollars, surpasses the top, his transfer fee, but surpasses that's his transfer 15. fee. That's, How much is he making? He himself will probably net uh, upwards of $30 million per year. I heard, uh, and uh, don't quote me, my math may be a little bit uh, uh, off here, but basically his weekly pay is upwards of $550,000. His weekly pay. And that season is what, nine months? Uh, Their season's about nine months. They play a lot of games because you have so many different cups or tournaments, if you will, including Champions League, uh, should uh, PSG make it to the Champions League final. So there's a lot at stake here, but this is all surely uh, for uh, marketing purposes. And I don't think that they're trying to bank on Neymar for this year. Remember now, they're just trying to build their brand, they build the brand and also recruit other players. So in year three, four, five, now they'll have that super team that can go play against Real Madrid and Barcelona. What's the shelf life for a, a top soccer player? Now, Neymar, I mean, because like Ronaldo, Christi, Cristiano Ronaldo mm-hmm. is the, the, the top guy. Absolutely. And he has been for the two. three, four years. Yeah, so it goes back and forth uh, between uh, Ronaldo. It depends on which fence you're on, Ronaldo or Messi. Right. Because Messi play. seems like you're not hearing as much Messi anymore. 
Well, and maybe it's because I know that his when he played for his national team, he's known for not having national success, success with the national team. There, I do know that there, there's some of that that mystique behind him. But why it you know why does he have struggle? And both of them actually did until uh, last summer. Cristiano Ronaldo actually won with Portugal, won the European Cup. So. That, uh, that monkey's off his back. So both players had those national team issues where they were the best players in the world playing for subpar national teams. Not to the belabor the point, these are two players that anywhere they go, they change the, they change the scope of everything. Now, one is a little bit older than the other. Messi's a bit older uh, than, than, um, than uh, Cristiano Ronaldo by a year or two. Um, but in terms of uh, that sort of fierce rivalry. They also play for two of the biggest clubs in Spain in terms of uh, clash, Barcelona, Real Madrid. So you have this in- internal hate for one another already. And How many times have, do they play each other a uh, year? And they, so naturally in the El Clasico, they're supposed to play twice. twice. Right. But with this whole international uh, cup and other cups, super cups that they just played over the weekend, this year it looks like they will have played uh, about an additional four or five games Against them. A, a, you know, against each other in lieu of the the actual El Clasico, which is the one that is, you know, historically known. So they've played a lot this year. They've played here in the U.S., um, in Miami, which is a well, uh, uh, it was sold out. You had players um, all over the world in NBA and NFL. Uh, Sue, Ndamukong Sue, who's from Cameroon, uh, was at the game in Miami. And so was uh, Green. What's his name from Golden State? Um Draymond Green, Draymond Green yeah. is out there. He's good friends with Neymar. So you have a, a, a star-studded affair when you have these two clubs come, and it also helps build the brand here in the U.S., and this is why I think that you, the sport in the U.S. is only uh, going to continue to grow. Okay, so this is what I want to know. With season just getting started, mm-hmm. say if I want to invest my time, which is going to be hard with college football, with the NFL and a lot of a lot of my listeners are boycotting NFL. Maybe Inclu- they can jump on soccer. In- including me a lot and my of my family. black listeners are listening. In- uh, including me and my family. I will watch college football, but uh, as an ardent uh, fan of the Cowboys, I heard you talk about them earlier. Right. Uh, I will not be watching or supporting them um, because this until because of Colin Kaepernick. Absolutely. I I I've been researching and studying Colin Kaepernick for some time now. Talked about him in several of my classes at Texas Southern. And I believe that uh, he's on the right track, and I want to show him that support. I think that was a very bold move. And so myself and my family, we are boycotting the NFL uh, this entire season, uh, perhaps even next season. We'll see how long it lasts. So, but okay, so I get it. I understand that. So, so how more, do you more root for, for us? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and, and I'm going to get back to my original question, but I want to ask you this. So we know that there's certain teams, certain countries, that give African American or African players of African descent, whether it's you know African French or whatever, they give them hard time throwing bananas and money. so. Who are some of those teams that you? Well, I know I don't hate to do this, but who are those teams you just don't want to root for? And, um, and this is one man's. I mean, this is your opinion. You know, but who's had what? What teams and what leagues have had the most problems with racial issues? That's a better question, I think, because all of them is the, is the truth of the matter. Hooliganism in in soccer. You mentioned this earlier. That word hooliganism. Hooliganism. It's huge in European soccer. You have a lot of uh, right wing fascist Nazi folks that uh, started off rooting and supporting these clubs, and so they have not all, but they have a significant amount of supporters who go to these games, drink a lot of alcohol, and get ignorant, if so to speak, um, with uh, their behavior. And a lot of times, it gets very, very violent. And unfortunately, some of the backlash has been towards some of the uh, African players. Now, African players have been playing in the European leagues for quite some time. In fact, the first African player to play 
in the EPL was a Ghanaian, which ties into some of the cultural and heritage of, in my background. Um, but um, a lot of the Ghana players, a lot of the West African players have had issues with not only their home teams, but going uh, away games and having bananas thrown at them, uh, having monkey uh, chanting uh, at them um, while they're playing. And even to the point where they've had to protest against the referees and referees have actually banned them from the games. In the case of Suleiman Tari, who's also another Ghanaian uh, player for the Black Stars in Italy. So we, there's a history of that. And this begs the question, what's going to happen in 2018 next summer when the World Cup goes to Russia, which is already known not, not to be a very polite nation? A very but they want the the teams want the players, the fan bases want to win. Yeah. But then what? What I mean, how do you? How do you? How do they deal with that? So, so do you, they do, they just don't root for any black players, or they don't, they don't like black enemies, like the, the opposing players. What what is it? I it's, mean, it's ignorance. It's straight up uh, racism. And but they want these guys on their team, right? I mean, so, who, as long what, as what if Italian team wouldn't want Messi? And, I, and Messi is a is not. But I mean, yeah. or is it just a black thing? Because I, I would think foreign thing, but. In Germany, would they want to have Cristiano Ronaldo? So those are, you know... I mean, these are massive questions, I know. They're not African-American, so I would say, yes, they would want them with open arms. But So the so it's the, more about an African thing, not a foreign thing. See, the underlining thing, and yeah, question I think, it's such, because it's such a it's an excellent question, but it's also a very loaded question, is that does Europe, um, racism exist in European sports? Yes. Does it exist in soccer? Yes. To what extent, extent and what level? probably larger than European uh, clubs are willing to admit. As long as you're playing for their club, they'll support you to a, uh, to an extent. But if you're an opposing player, I don't care how popular, how big of a name you are, how many goals you scored, they're going to talk smack to you, not and beyond smack to you. They're going to call you out. They're going to show you levels of racism that you perhaps have never even seen before. And so that's to get, you know, to have that psychological event advantage. I know why they do it. But the ramifications in terms of banning uh, them, uh, those sections of the crowd that do that or certain people that do that, I don't think it's, it's serious enough in, in terms of racism. You hear slogans like a racism, you know, race, um, fo- uh, racism from football, and they'll get out before the national anthem is played and have a speech about, you know, we need to remove racism from sport. And it's all lip service because at the end of the day, every single game there's an incident or uh, if not every single uh, game certainly every season there's an incident that says home oh, oh my god are we going forward or backwards in this uh situation and the african players they they um a lot of times um they they don't know how to react immediately yeah you know, some of them have walked off in the case of sulemantari totally walked off the pitch and say hey i'm not playing anymore ref gave him a red card he said hey i don't care if you give me a red card or not because i'm i'm not going to play i'm not going to stand for this so he stood up and he protested just like colin kaepernick did and other african players started to support and see what he was doing but again this is um some it's not an isolated incident there are histories about this and i actually will be researching that a little bit more to see where we are at, where we've come from, where we're at right now, because as I mentioned, 2018 World Cup is going to Russia, and I predict that if Russia, Russia Federation, does not clamp on um, this particular issue, it could be even more problematic in Russia than any else. Well, else. I, I would think. It, I mean, and, and just to get geopolitical with the thing, I think Putin, well, like they usually do, they dress up nice for for company. And, and say all the right things because they had this issue with the Olympics and Absolutely the right. gay issue Absolutely. Uh, and homosexuality and, and their views on dealing with that and they cleaned up nice just for the Olympics yes, the- and then as soon as everybody left town 
back to the normal. So that's a great point. I mean, even Britain. even Hitler did that in thirty six, the thirty six Olympiad. So maybe Putin will be able to control the Russians, his Russian population, right. but not necessarily those who are traveling from other parts of the world, like Poland, Hungary, uh, Romania. I can't England, imagine Italy. as much hooliganism in you, in, in Russia because. You're in Russia. <laughs> you would be surprised. Once I don't folks, know. Like, you'd be I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable in, in committing a crime. <laughs> you in and Russia. I wouldn't because we know, and we, you yeah. know. But again, you know, hey, yeah. And not, so okay, so here's the question. Okay, the seasons have just started. It's easiest for me, I for me personally, to follow the Premier League, and that's because they they have an NBC deal, right? Right. So they're on Saturday mornings or whatever. Saturday mornings. And then you have the Premier League shows. Yep. And their English names, Manchester United. Um, so there's the partners. There's some brotherly love going on. Well, I'm just saying it seems easier. Yeah. Now you get into La Liga and Bundesliga. Bundesliga. See, and all that is just a lot for me. So, but, but so I mean, but so so here we are. I'm giving you a scenario, mm-hmm. and you navigate this for me. Although the Premier League is the more familiar league, and I know they had a big upset in who won the league last year. Which was in terms of the Champions League, uh, that was uh, Real Madrid. No, no, who won Premier League last year? Uh, it Premier was the, League, it was um, the team was, that uh, came from nowhere, right? No, that was a year before or two years ago. That was Leicester City, but the team that won it this year was um, Chelsea. Chelsea won. Chelsea won. Yes. Okay, so I know Chelsea. I've mm-hmm. heard of Chelsea. They're blue, right? Yes, right. That's right. That's right. See, I know a little <laughs> bit. So I'm starting off, and they they say the way to become a soccer fan is to adopt a team. Before I adopt a team. I need to adopt a league. Mm-hmm. What league would you suggest that I follow? So as an English speaker, I think it would be a lot easier for you to probably watch and follow the EPL League, which is already, as you mentioned, on the uh, English NBC Premier League. league. Yes. That's the acronym, yep. EPL. EPL. Okay. It is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, and it's probably the most popular ones, which is ironic because you have Messi and Ronaldo, and prior to his move, um, Neymar, who all played in Siri, uh, excuse me, La Liga. So you would think that would be the biggest league, but... From historical pre- uh, pretext, the EPL has always been the bigger league in terms of viewership, dollar amounts, and so forth, especially here in the United States. So EPL, I would say, would be uh, the team. Would be the team. So for all of you who are listening to the sports Excuse talk, me, uh, would be the league, the league, the right, team, right. Yeah. So all of you listening to the episode twenty-eight, we are going to support or at least. Get Watch. into the EPL, yeah. the English Premier League. Can I tell? Uh, give you a couple of clubs that you want to watch okay. out for? So I don't think you can, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you said it a few minutes ago and said you were a Dallas Cowboy fan, and that disqualifies you from giving, having the ability to pick a team for me. But I, who who would be the anti-Dallas Cowboys? Because we know that Man U is probably the Dallas Cowboys of EPL, right? Yeah, they're probably the Dallas Cowboys of EPL. Man U, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal. Those are the top four or five that I would say year in, year out, they're going to be uh, loaded with talent. So, again, from the top, I would say Man, U, Man United, you can start and watch them. And it's even more exciting because they have a lot of African players this year. And Paul so, Pogba. So, Man U, yeah, Man U, they had the most African players. A lot of them because they've got uh, Jose Mourinho, who's worked with a lot of African players. Ghana, Nigeria, Ivory Coast. He's had a lot of success with them. He's also brought those players, uh, African players, to Man United, and they've never had that. So, if uh, I'm presuming we're talking to a, a wide and diverse crowd. But certainly for our African-American listeners, if you want to watch soccer where brothers are playing, you definitely want to watch okay. the Okay, so uh, Man U is on Man the United. radar. Absolutely. Even though they're the Dallas Cowboys at EPL. So who are the anti-Cowboys in that league? Oh, who wow. would be the Seattle Seahawks of the EPL? 
Seattle Seahawks, um, uh, that's a tough one. I think a good comparison, let's say the New England Patriots maybe. Can I go with that? Okay. So that probably would be the uh, Chelsea or Liverpool between those two. And they were, those are all rivals of uh, Man United along with Manchester City. City. I, I do remember that the, the one thing I remember about Man City was that Ricky Hatton, the former boxing champion, was a Man City fan. Yeah. And they had, you know, briefly, mm-hmm. we, we, as we go through the leagues, Bundesliga is Bundesliga, where? Bundesliga, that's Germany. Germany. Mm-hmm. Who's going to win? Um, I would say right now Bayern Munich. Bayern is the top club in Germany. B-A-Y-E-R-N, right? I-E-R-N. E-R-N, yeah. Y-E-R-N. Yeah. Okay. La Liga. I would have to go with Real Madrid. They're loaded. They're probably the all-time, one of the top 10 teams all-time right now as assembled today. And all of these leagues just started Saturday, right? That's correct. So, so, so we, we by the time this comes out, we won't have missed but one, maybe two games. No, that's, second, that's right. That's right. Right. Did, uh, did Man City, uh, Man U win? First Man game? United did win over the weekend. They beat uh, West Ham uh, United two zero. So, like Leicester City, will they ever rebound? That Le- was just a one time thing. Leicester is on Leicester the, City. Yeah, Leicester is on the. Um, how should I say? They're still trying to figure out why were they so successful. Two years ago, and can they repeat that? So they're buying and selling a lot of players. Um, they've trying to find a formula, exactly like the Kansas City Royals in baseball. They let their coach uh, Claudio Ranieri, uh, who found them that formula of success his first year there, took them to the uh, EPL champion and won, you know, the the conference, and then also went to the. He's no longer there. So well, I mean, could they have afforded to keep him? That's the problem, now, right? So you know, uh, soccer. Do he, they have revenue sharing? Like, I mean, we, this is. I know we can't get in all this, yeah. but but this is, do they have revenue sharing? And and soccer, they do have regular uh, revenue sharing amongst the clubs. If uh, you're in the in the top league, right? So f- the EPL makes the TV rights; they get a percentage of that. Um, but um, in terms of uh, big time sponsorship, each individual club is responsible for their own sponsorship. Right. It's like the Yankees. So the Yankees have more, but they have a collective deal. Exactly. And so players' unions are pretty strong in, around, uh, around the way. So that's the other thing is that uh, they don't have a uh, a huge players' union. And um, there's so many different debates about why that is. Uh, but the unions are not known, you know, to be very strong. FIFA is basically their their father in a lot of ways uh, on behalf of the not so only labor the, issues. They not negotiate they, and deal. No, they, usually FIFA handles that. They arbitrate. No, exactly okay. right. Okay. Exactly. See, right. see, you know, as you get into these things, and you have, I can actually expand on the conversation. <laughs> but so we've done Bundesliga, La Liga, mm-hmm. EPL. We did. We said who was going to win. EPL, we, I think uh, this year is going to be Man United. Okay, so now we got Germany, mm-hmm. we have Spain, mm-hmm. we have England. That's right, top three. And you, the, you give me, give me another league. Uh, so you have uh, Syria, which is in Italy. Is that the next best? That's probably the next best. Syria, Syria. Who's going to win that? Um, I would say Juventus or. You know what? I'm going to go with Juventus because they, they've won the last six out of eight years. So I think Juventus is a good pick. Okay. And then finally, MLS with yeah. the, the Dynamo in first place, right? Yeah. The, so the Dynamo is doing very well. Uh, I've been following their season quite. Uh, their problem is uh, it's going to be in the playoffs, I think. So who's going to win it all in MLS? Yeah. MLS, you know, let, why not go for the home team? Let's go for, for the Dynamo. Uh, I, think I mean, we won three or four in a row yeah. at the start, right? When they first got here. When they first Jose. got here. So new coach, new system, new philosophy. But I do like the way they're playing. They're very aggressive in terms of attacking. Defensively, sometimes they have a, a couple of lapses. They've got old man Beasley back there who's uh, – DeMarcus great, Beasley yeah, played on the national huge, team. Huge fan of DeMarcus Beasley. 
and longevity. You talk about how long can you play? This guy's been playing since he's 17 years old. How old is he now? He's, I think, in his 30s. So he's got 15, 20, 15 to 20 years of experience playing high level soccer. That's that's unheard of. Uh, so he's definitely uh, uh, somebody that you, you know, up and comer should be emulating to play like uh, in terms of longevity. So I think we're in pretty good shape as far as we, we've gotten another springboard into the world. Because I do want to have a kind of conversations, believe it or not, that avid soccer play, soccer fans would can appreciate. Yeah. So, like, I would like to have you on and people like, yeah, he really knows what he's talking about. But at the same time, you're still, for our audience, still introducing aspects of the game because it creates a, 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 you know, a fascinating potential dialogue about all aspects of this thing. But, but I do want to educate myself enough to where we can get into some real talk Absolutely. where I can give you my opinion Absolutely. and tell you why you're wrong because how can you ever trust the, somebody when they say the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> are their favorite team? How can folks get in touch with you? I'm at um my on Twitter at a n a n underscore asari again a n a n that's my first name Nana spelled backwards underscore a s a r e that's my Twitter handle. I, How much soccer do you watch? You know, it, it, a it week. Really, How it, many games a week? I probably catch uh, two or three. But what I do do is I follow up with some of the highlights to make sure I'm following. And then also as a person of you know from the African continent, I pl- I sp- pay attention to a certain teams that I'm scouting or uh, sh- sh- uh, recruiting uh, for that Ghana national team or other players, teams that we may be playing up in the upcoming African Cup of Nations. So, I, you know, it's a job for me as well because uh, I am scouting a-, a bit. I'm also doing a bit of recruiting. I'm keeping cont- contact with our players who are also overseas. We have uh, a lot of players that this year, for whatever reason, a Turkey seems to be a huge uh, attraction. So we have a lot of um, – players that uh, Ghanaian players that are leaving other European clubs and headed towards Turkey. Previously it was uh, Italy or Holland or the, even the EPL. But now all of a sudden this summer, Turkey has been a hot spot for a lot of the Ghana national team players. So I will, I'll be following the Turkey league this, uh, this year as well. well, we had to keep us posted. And I want to thank all the folks that you brought to the podcast because they wanted to hear the soccer conversation. And, and I hope you guys stick around for the rest of the conversation that we have throughout the, a number of these podcasts. And with that, I want to thank you so much for joining us. With that, with this, we'll wrap up episode 28. We're going to catch up with Terrence Tomlin in episode 29. And we'll talk some Chicago Bears and some Chicago sports. That's in the next episode. But... Before I let go, before I let go, want to remind you guys I have some gear coming in. We're gonna do something. We're gonna do an event here in the next couple of weeks. So please be just stay tuned. We have some wonderful, wonderful stuff coming up. And I told you I was gonna recognize some folks. I want to recognize Happy Birthday to Melanie Porter Hogan, and she is a big time sports talk with Devin Wade podcast supporter. Teddy Beautiful Lewis is listening to every episode. Uh, we love her. They, see, these are the Hall of Famers of the podcast. Pernell Harvey is another one. Melissa Brewer, all of those folks listen to every episode. And you are my Hall of Famers of the week, as it were. And you get a big-time shout-out. If you subscribe, if you leave some comments for us, if you rate us and give us some reviews on iTunes, we will give you a shout out and you could get some sports talk with Devin Wade gear. Hey, that'll wrap it up. I want to thank you guys for listening and remind you iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Sports Talk with Devin Wade. And you can also check out the fan page 
in the group page on Facebook and tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S. That's it. And as always, have a great day.